0: Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816 307 1611 for a Connect card. And a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, welcome to church. Are you, good? are you excited to be here today? Are you, are you glad to be in, in the house of the Lord? I hope so. I'm glad that you're here. Man, I'm so thankful for our, our band. Are you thankful for our band? I think we should put our hands together for them. I love that new song, Christ Be Magnified. I think that should be the anthem of our, our life. Amen? More of Jesus in our life, more of Jesus being magnified in our day to day. That's what we're here for. And so now I'm really excited to, ha- to have you. If you're a guest with us, an honor that you join us on this Sunday morning. We know there's other places that you could be, and yet you chose to be here with us. Or Maybe somebody brought you here, and it really wasn't your own choice. But we believe that God's going to speak to you today. We've been praying for you, believing that God is going to move. The Spirit of God is alive and well today, and uh, we are just continuing to lean into His direction, lean into where He wants us to go, where He's wanting to take us, and by God's grace, the kingdom will continue to advance. And I'm excited today. We, uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. We've got great lead pastors. They happen to be away this week. They have been with Pastor Shane and Georgie. Uh, if you've been around here at any time at all, you know that Pastor Shane is one of our apostolic oversights, and so he helps make sure that everything uh, goes as it should, and they have an annual summit in Melbourne, Australia, and so uh, last night it was kind of a cool deal because Pastor Philip was actually preaching at the same time we were having service, so he was, there's 17 hours in the future, and, uh, and so I think it's like the middle of the night on Monday now, but uh, just really, really cool, and of course they'll be back next weekend, And um, we have been in a a series titled The King and His Kingdom. And I don't know about you, but I have been loving this series. Um, I think that this is a series that if we could get out to the Capital C Church, it's something for today um, the, the kingdom life, the, the, the king and and the nature of the king and what it looks like for those of us who have been called by the king to live in the kingdom. And so today I have the privilege and honor of, of closing the series out. And so, um, again, so, so honored that you're here for those of you that are online. We're grateful for you as well, tuning in and let's just jump right into scripture. Does that sound good? Good. It's a good answer. Psalm 103, verse 19, has been the anchor verse for us. It says this in the NIV, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. How many of you say amen to that? It is clear, it's as clear as day. The the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So if you're in his kingdom, it's good news for us today. I wanna use Matthew 22, 36 through 40 as the the primary text, the, the jumping off point, if you will, I love Matthew chapter 22. It opens with this story, this parable that Jesus tells, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he, he equates it to a wedding feast, a banquet, where the master, he, he invites some people, and they are hesitant to come. Some just downright turn him down, and so he decides, you know what, I'm going to just go ahead and send my people out, and I'm going to invite, I'm going to compel them in the highways and the byways to invite anybody that will come. And isn't that a picture of the kingdom of God? It's like Jesus is sending us out to, to be salt, to be light, to invite anyone who would come and be a part of what God is doing. And I love that. And, and so we get down, and there's this, this moment where the Pharisee, there's this Pharisee that, that you know, he thinks he's going to test Jesus, which how many of you know, testing Jesus probably not a test you're going to pass. Pharisees, right, they're, they're these teachers of the law. They know it. They know the ins and the outs. They've got it all framed in. But how many of you know it's one thing to have information? It's another thing to have revelation. They're living from this place of knowing, knowing all the things, the laws and the commands. And so he thinks that he can, he can test Jesus and, and see what Jesus is going to say to this question. He says, this teacher, I can just see him as, you know, Frank the Pharisee. Let's just call him that. He's like, hey, watch this. I'm going to get this guy. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Love that Jesus, Jesus always has an answer. He says this, Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He continues on to say, this is the first and the greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Commandments. All of it hangs on these two commandments. I can only imagine that this Pharisee is thinking, hey, maybe he's going to use one of the Ten Commandments to honor your father and mother, don't have any other gods. Maybe there's another principle or command that we see in the, in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. And he was thinking maybe he was going to corner Jesus. And then he was going to try to get him to, to, you know, say one command. And then, well, he's, but how many know Jesus? He said, I've got, I've got exactly the word for you. That, that love is is going to be the greatest commandment. If you can love God and then you can love your neighbor as yourself, everything else will hang on those two things. So we're talking about today: love, loving God, loving others. I, I want to title this message simply "Compelled by Love." Compelled by love. My, my overarching thought is: in order to love others, we must live and love from a place of knowing how so loved we are. This order changes everything. Can you say amen to that? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for, first and foremost, for your presence in this place. We thank you that it's in your presence that anything is possible. And so today, Lord, we come before you. We thank you for your word that washes over us. I pray today in these next few moments that we share together, God, I pray that you would take my words and you would would drop them into uh, each and every heart that would hear this, whether it's right now or later on, God, and I pray that it would fall on fertile soil, that that it would bear much fruit. I thank you that today I'm asking you for your word to go forth, help me get out of the way so that you can be put on full display. I thank you today, God, that we're gonna leave here not just with more information, but we're gonna leave here with a greater revelation of who you are and your love for us. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. amen. How many uh, how many music people in the room? Any music people? You you love you love music. I've got a few people. The rest of you, what are you podcast people? I mean, uh, I love music. I've always loved music. I, I, I can think back to these times in life when I had these different genres that I, that I liked and enjoyed, The music, you know, these, these songs can take you back to a place. Anybody, if I played a song for you, it could take you back to a place, right? I think about the music that I would listen to before, you know, uh, games in high school. I think about the music that was played at my wedding. I think about all these, these different music, these different songs that, that, that bring back these memories and memories. Um, I got to be honest with you. This is a bit of a public confession. I'm, I'm <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying it out loud. But I'm, I'm kind of in my country music era. Something, something crazy happened last year at the Super Bowl, and um, when Chris Stapleton sang the national anthem, I heard notes I'd never heard before. I saw colors I'd never seen before, and it's taken me down this country dirt road and i'm listening to zach bryan and all these oh man it's been amazing but um and i'm just enjoying it i'm just along for the ride so but i was thinking about love and the reality of love man there's been a lot of songs that have been written about love there's estimates that there's been over 100 million songs written about love it's a lot of songs a lot of songs to choose from, and of course, a lot of them, they kind of center around this idea of romantic love, and there's a few that skew outside of that. But I figured, hey, let's just, let's just take a little stroll down memory lane. Does that sound good to you? Okay, it's a rhetorical question. I'm going to do it whether you wanted to or not. But I just thought, hey, let's, there's some bands and some artists that have said some things about love, and let's just kind of just go down here for a minute. The Beatles, they, they just wanted to hold your hand, right? Berlin simply wanted to take your breath away. Uh, Prince wanted you to know that he would die for you. Celine Dion wanted you to know the power of love, right? Adele wanted to make you feel her love. Bieber was just looking for somebody to love, right? <laughs> Forner wanted to know what love is. Brian Adams wanted you to know that everything he did, he, he did it for you. <laughs> Boy, man just wanted to, wait, hold up, how'd that get in there? Um, moving along, um, Elvis couldn't help falling in love, uh, Luther Vandross, he just wanted to dance with his father, right, different, different kind of love, but love nonetheless. Marvin Gaye claimed there wasn't a mountain high enough, uh, Meatloaf, when did you know he would do anything for love, but then there were a few things he also wouldn't do. <laughs> Whitney Houston, she made it really clear, she will always love you. Tina Turner boldly asked, what's love got to do with it? And to Tina, I would say, man, I'm so glad you ask." And my response would be, everything, everything. We see in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says, if you can love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself, everything hangs on these two commandments. i want gonna talk about love today. It's been said that love is the strongest emotion. It's greater than fear. It's, it's greater than hate. 1 John 4, verse 18 says that perfect love casts out fear. How many of you experienced that? The love of God, that that perfect love that that casts out fear, it casts out anxiety, it casts out these thoughts that that we all have faced and, and will face and continue to face. Love overcomes and overpowers them all. It was God's love that overcame our sin and our waywardness and made a way for us to be right with him again. It's good news for us today. It's God's love. It compels us. God the Father exemplified true love, and today we're talking about first loving God and then loving others, and the order matters. The order matters. Matthew 24, it talks about it talks about the signs of the end times, right? And that's not what today's message is about. That's a whole nother sermon series. But I don't know about you, but we see even in the New Testament, they're talking about the end is near. And so I just have to assume we're, we just continue to get closer to it. None of us know the day or the hour. Even it says the, the son doesn't know. He just knows he's going to be ready when the father sends him. And so I don't know about you, but that's just kind of been my posture, I'm not going to waste a lot of time or energy trying to pinpoint it. I just want to be found faithful when he comes back because that's what, that's what it says that Jesus will be looking for, It'll be a, a spotless bride, a faithful church, you and I. And then, and so, uh, but, but there's these things, there's these signs. It says that because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. I don't know about you, but there's been an increase in wickedness in our, in our world today. It's not hard to, to look around and just start taking a peek around and there's been an increase of wickedness and how many of you know, it's it, myself included, it can be easy for my love to grow cold. Luke chapter uh, six, it talks about that, I, I love this in, in verse 32 and 33, it essentially break it down, it says, if you love people that are easy to love, well done. If you're good to people that are good to you, bravo. I, I kind of read it with like a, just a touch of sarcasm Because then it goes on to say, hey, even sinners do that. What happens? What happens when you're put in a position where you have to love someone that is hard to love? You begin to what? Find out what you're made of. You begin to find out really what's on the inside of you. Our our pastor always says pressure, pressure reveals what's inside of you. You find yourself in a place or a posture or a position where you have to love somebody that's hard to love and now all of a sudden you've got to make a decision. Well, what's going to come out of me? We have a say in that. How do we love people that are different than us? How do we love people that don't act like us? How do we love people that don't vote like us? How do we, am I talking to anybody today? How do we love people that don't even believe or celebrate the same things that we celebrate. It's indicative of of who we are. Today I want us to dive into that. There's four types of love that we see in the Bible. I'm not gonna break those down, but but there's one that stands out. That's the love we're talking about today because you know that not all love is the same, right? Like, Like the way that I love ice cream or the way that I love tacos it's a different type of love than the love I have for my wife, and she's grateful for that, I think, most days. I mean, I've had some good ice cream, but the type of love that I'm talking about today is it's an agape love. It's the type of love that God has loved us with. It's this divine love. It's this sacrificial love. It's, it's, a, it's a different type of love. You could, for some of you, you could say it's, it's built different. Right, it's this agape love that God loves us with, and I've found that with love, it is something that oftentimes um, our feelings can kind of get in the way. Have you ever, ever had your feelings get in the way of something? There's times when our feelings they can they can lead us down paths that we 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 end up getting down, and we're like, "How the heck did we get here?" Right? Why? Because feelings, well, feelings can be real, but feelings might also be wrong. So what do we have to do? We have to filter our feelings. If you're a part of our Mind Monster series, you know that, that, that thoughts and feelings, that they can come in, and we have to make a decision on, are we going to allow those to take real estate, or are we going to let them go just as quick as they came in? Do they align with God's word? Do they align with, with who God says that I am? We have to filter our feelings, because our feelings can mislead us. Our feelings can be wrong. And so we have to understand that. Another way to say it is that love is not just a feeling. It can can produce feelings, but it is not just a feeling. And so what I want you to hear today is that you don't have to feel right to do what's right. You don't have to, to feel right to do what's right. Because I think that oftentimes, if we were just led by our feelings, we might not ever do anything. Well, I don't feel like going to work today. I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't feel, we may never do it if we just are led by our feelings. I don't feel like loving people. Today, one of the ways we show our love to God is by being obedient to him and he says, hey, love your neighbor, love your neighbor. We do the right thing even when it's not easy, maybe even when it's downright hard. One of the signs of spiritual maturity is that we are able to, to do what's right even when we don't necessarily feel like it. For those of you that have been following Jesus for a while, you know that that's a, a sign of, of spiritual maturity, of growth, which is what God desires of all of us. We, we start at, out as an infant. We're a new creation, and so we need milk, but then we grow, we develop, we need more protein, and so he, he wants us to continue to grow. That's why we what? We not only grow old, we grow up. There's some people that I know that have been following Jesus for a long time, but they're still they're still almost kind of some just lingering in that infant stage, and we're like, no, we need we need to see. There, there's some things that need to develop in you. Why? Not because God wants to hurt you, but God wants to grow you. He wants you to continue to develop and 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 get strong in the things of Him. And that's how anything natural works, right? When you begin to, to do a little bit of weight, maybe at first it feels like too much, but you start to get some reps, and then what? Some mu- muscle develops? And, and in the same way, our faith and the way that we grow in God is, is very similar. He wants us to mature, to grow up. I want to break down today... I wa- ways we love God, and then ways that we love others. And the truth is, as I know we've all probably had maybe our moments with God, wrestling matches with God, but I've found that it's oftentimes easier to love God, right, because God is perfect in all his ways, and then we get to the part about loving people and they're imperfect in all their ways. And so it can be a little bit more challenging. God is continuing, as we sang today, he's faithful, he's good. His presence is, is, is our good. We continue to draw near to him. Even when we're faithless, he's faithful. Come on, there's, there's things where it's a little bit more natural, I think, at times to lean into that. So what, how do we love God? Well, we love God through obedience. Our pastor says that all the time. One of God's love languages is obedience, Are we obedient when he he commands us to do something? Are we obedient when when he asks us to to go or to whatever it may look like? Our our stewardship is a way we love God. The, The life that he's given you, he's asked you to steward. He's asked you to manage. He's asked you to be faithful with it. So, with your time and how you go about your day and how you work and, and the way that you, you give your time to other people, the way that you steward your, your resources, the finances that He's put in your hands, the way that the, the talents that He's given you, He's asking you to be faithful with it. And so, one of the ways that we show God our love, not from this place of works, but just from this place of relationship, is we are faithful and we steward well what He's given us. One of the other ways is worship and thanksgiving, just gratitude, thanking him for who he is, for his constant provision, his brand new mercy every morning. Prayer, time with him, time in the word, these are ways that we, that we show love to God, amen? And many of you experience this. Many of you, this is, this is part of the, your, your rhythm of life. And now we get into loving others, which can be different, can be hard. It can be challenging. It can be fill in the blank with whatever word that you want to use. But I want to give us four places. I want to give us four places that I believe God is calling us to love from. Does that sound good? You with me? Ways we love others. First of all, before I, before I get into it, I, I need you to know that it's possible. <laughs> I know some of you already like, like, I don't think it's possible. You don't know who I know. You're right. But I, but I know myself. <laughs> I know I haven't always been the easiest to love. It's like God reminded me last night, you know, you you haven't always been just a little bundle of joy. I said, God, why did you have to use the word little, you know? (laughs) We gotta know what's possible. Romans 5.5, man, I love Romans 5.5 because it says that, that the love of God is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's good news. You know what that tells me? That tells me that I don't have to love people from my own strength. I have the love of God in me and now if there's something inside of me, I am able to give it away. If you've been called by Jesus, if, you're, if you've said yes to Jesus, friend, now you know the love of God has been poured into your heart and now you don't have to do it on your own. It's possible. It's possible to love people. It's possible to love hard to love people. His, delight, His divine love poured into us Anything we have in us can be given away. If you have it in you, someone needs it, you can give it away. God is not just doing love, he is love. Even while we were still in sin, he died for us. Devin said it, it was the joy that was set before him. I can't even comprehend that. The joy set before him to take on the cross. He he said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, and yet he still gave his life for you and I. It's agape love, that's sacrificial love. That's love that, that we can't even begin to wrap our, our full mind around. I love when uh, John Ortberg, he's, this, he's an author, he, he wrote, um, someone asked him, hey, John, how do you love hard to love people? He goes, oh, the porcupine people? And I love that imagery, you know, it's funny. He's like, 30,000 quills, anybody been around some porcupine people? Anybody sitting next to one? No, just kidding. But I got to thinking, you know, some, there are some people like that. They're just hard to love and always find something. But then I, I started thinking a little bit deeper. It's like, as far as I can tell, porcupines are not distinct. Like, somehow they keep reproducing. So even porcupine people can find love, you know. <laughs> they need love too. I don't know about you, but I, I feel like every single day there's opportunities to, to love hard to love people. Because I live in the world. And uh, if you go into any, any, any place today where there's people, um, like customer service specifically, um, you, get a, you get an opportunity, a growth opportunity. My son and I, we were at a sports goods store this past week. I won't tell you the name of it. It's Zona Rosa. Um, <laughs> we walk in, and I was, I was given a mailer for, for four free golf balls, and I said, Lord, you're so good to me. He knows I need golf balls because sometimes I lose someone. So we walk in there. I got my mailer. My son's there. My, my son's 11. And so we walk in and, I, you know, I said, hey, I got this mailer from you guys. I'm so excited. Can I get my four golf balls? Where are they? And this this kid, I say kid, he's probably like high school, maybe early college. You know, he's he's standing there on his phone, kind of looks at me. And, uh, and so it just... I said, oh, maybe you didn't hear me. I said, I got this mailer, where, where do I get these golf balls? And uh, so then he kinda is like, oh, here, let me see that. He looks at it, gives it back, looks at his phone, he's like, I don't know. What was interesting, there was another guy that was standing there, he must be Union, cause he was just like watching this whole thing happen. And, and, uh, and so I, at this point I had some decisions to make, right? <laughs> um, but I, I kept my cool. And this, this uh, lady comes up and she could tell that I was you know, on the point of, uh, let's just say, frustration. Um, and yet again, uh, I'm, a, I'm a witness, I'm a faithful witness in the community. And, uh, and so she comes up, she goes, hey, um, you know what? It's upstairs, go see Doug upstairs. I go, oh, Doug, I love Doug, Doug's great. And so I head, up to the, I head upstairs and, and uh, Miles and I were walking and Miles was like, man, what, what was that about? And I go, oh, you mean that terrible example of customer service? And uh, of course, he just kind of was like, I, I don't. Yeah, that, that was that was something, Dad. And what happened was that there was a lady that was walking by, and and uh, I think she overheard me, and she's like, "Is is everything okay, sir?" And I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be all right." You know, the truth is, is that I, I think that one of the things I had a couple decisions to make in that moment. I could I could have really let that that guy know, "Hey, man, you're terrible at your job. Like, how'd you get through a first interview?" I could have done that. Could have been like, man, I'm, I'm going straight to Yelp. If I could give you zero stars, I would, but I can only give you one, that's where, I'm, that's where we're going. <laughs> and I think that there's times when, you know what, as an owner, as a manager, I, I think that maybe something does need to be said. Hey, I go to you know, uh, the manager, I said, hey, listen, just want you to know, I had, I had a pretty, pretty unfortunate experience. I walked in, your company sent me a mailer, and I was just coming here to get what, what, I, what I was given. And they acted like I was, like, putting them out, like, like causing them to, I know, this is crazy, work. <laughs> but I think this is what I want to say. I, I think that how we respond in these situations says so much more about us. How we respond when it comes to loving, hard-to-love people says so much more about who we are. Today, I know that in the 35 and a half minutes that I have, there's a lot that could be said about love. There's a whole lot. We could, we could spend a, a 52-week series on love, just trying to, again, break down the, the goodness of God and how much he loves us. And so I can't say everything. And so I, there's a couple qualifiers I do want to make. Because I know that in, in a room like this, one of the things that I was praying uh, just in, in time before and preparation is like, God, would you help us hear, not what we want to hear, but what we need to hear? Because how many know there's filters? We all have filters. So I just want to, just because I feel like it's necessary, it, it's, it's 100% possible to love people without accepting or supporting the things that they say, they do, or they even think. This doesn't mean that God accepts or supports what people do, though. So and yet we know we can stand in truth and we can stand in love, and, and, and love is not tolerance, Love is not acceptance of things that that don't align with what we believe and know and hold true to be God's values and what he's called us to do and and how we are to live, amen? We, We can hate the actions and the mentality or the ideals that people have, but we don't get licensed to hate them. I can stand and oppose others in good, good conscience as a Christian while still showing them love and, and even offering forgiveness when given the opportunity. I think today, Ephesians 4:15 comes to mind. It says that we should speak the truth in what? In love. Some of us are really good at speaking the truth, but we forget those two words that have to, to get tacked on after it. I think about the image of a person that's drowning. If a person's drowning in the ocean and you have the life raft that's needed to save them, you throwing that life raft as hard as you can at them, knocking them out, forcing them to drown, that's, that's the truth without love. Truth and love says, hey man, I got this thing for you. You're drowning, you don't even realize it maybe, but I've got this thing. I've got this raft that can save you. And that's what, that's what speaking the truth and love looks like on a real practical level, Amen. I want to just give us four places, four places that we love from today. The first one is we love from a place of compassion. We love from a place of compassion. You can't read the New Testament and you can't see the way in which Jesus operated and, and not be led to this place of compassion for people. Every miracle that Jesus would, would, would walk out was from, done from a place of compassion for people. He loved people well. It was very clear that people mattered to Jesus and because people matter to Jesus, they have to matter to us as well, amen? While the re- religious elite saw people on the margins, invisible, expendable, Jesus saw them as real people who had real needs and who were really valuable to God. Again, I've already said it, but love compelled Jesus to the cross. Love drew him there. It held him there. That's how much God loves humanity. That's how much God loves you and I. He loves us so much that nothing can separate us from his love. That's good news. Romans 8.38 says that. Nothing, there's nothing on earth that can separate the love that God has for us from him. It says that, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. And so we love from this place of compassion. We love people from that place. One of my heart's prayers is, God, help me to continually see people as you see people. I need your perspective. I need to see the Imago Day in every person that I come across because there's a lot of people that I come across. where I, It's not my first inkling. It's not my first inclination. It's not the way that I naturally lean. And so I need your help in this area. Purify my motives. Give me a pure heart for people. And then, <laughs> how many of you know, sometimes you pray things and you just hope it's like Shazam, and it's not like Shazam, it's like Okay, now what? <laughs> I don't feel it, I don't feel the compassion. So what do, you do in that, what do you do in that moment? You do what's right even when you don't feel it. You do the action that God's calling you to do and let the feelings follow. Sometimes that's all you can do. You get up, you do the right thing even when you don't necessarily feel like it and you let the actions lead to the feelings. Discipline what will lead to a desire. If you'll discipline yourself, if you'll discipline your life, you'll end up developing a desire for that given discipline. Let it be a good discipline. We love from a place of compassion. Number two, we love from a place of confidence, of confidence. We love people. I found that people that are confident in who they are in God love people well. Luke chapter 5, there's this story of of Jesus and the disciples, and and the disciples have been fishing all night, Jesus has been teaching, and and the disciples have caught nothing, and and they come to Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, go out there, go out there again and and, and fish in this area. And I don't know about you, but, but these guys are professional fishermen, and they're probably thinking, Jesus, we're the professional fishermen, maybe we should let us stick to the areas that we fish in. And Jesus is probably thinking, "Yeah, but you haven't caught anything. So, are you that good? You know." So he says, "Go." He says, "Go." How many know when Jesus says? "Go." You go. You listen to him. What's he doing? He's 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 inferring this confidence. I had the privilege of coaching my daughter's second-grade basketball team again this year. The Lord works a mysterious way sometimes. Eight games in the regular season, we're 0-7. Usually every rec team has like one stud. I have like five really nice girls. <laughs> I, told the, I told the parents and my assistant coaches, hey, I'm not going to promise perfection, but I'm going to promise progress. Even there was like a huge leap of faith. <laughs> the last game comes. My daughter, two days before the game, goes, Dad, we need, we need a play. I'm like, a play? What do you mean? I'm like, half these girls can barely dribble. <laughs> we need a play. I think it will help us. I said, okay, Emerson, why do you want to run a play? I want to win. I I like where your head's at. (laughs) I want to win, too. We have some things that we do in our house that um, some of you would probably, like, look at and, like, be like, they're crazy, which we probably are. But one of the things that um, we talk about a lot, you know me if you've been around me at all. I'm a sports guy. I love sports. And uh, so this next part won't surprise you. Emerson comes out. It's game day, Saturday. Getting our, getting our mind right, getting ready for the game. It's the last game, regular season. I'm not going to tell you who we played. It was another team that was 0-7. I guess I told you. She comes out, and she goes, Dad, look. And I, at first I didn't see it. I'm like, come over here. What, 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 are, what are we working with here? She, she put a sticker right here on her chest. You know what that sticker was? It was a dog. Because... Because she's got that dog. That's what she told me. She goes, Dad, I got this dog. We're going to get this game. We, we're going to do this thing. I said, that's my girl. Then she started barking. I was like, whoa, too much. No. <laughs> I said, hey, let's put that sticker on the inside. Let's just put it right there on the inside of the jersey. And when I look at you on the court, I say, I point that. You know you got that dog. This is your game. I'll let you know we won that game. <laughs> Appreciate that clap. That means a lot to me. How many of you know Jesus, what he was trying to do? He was trying to infer confidence to Peter. He was trying to infer confidence to those disciples. I was trying to infer confidence to my daughter. Hey, listen, whether whether we win or lose, I'm I'm telling you, if you will work hard, if you'll do what's right, if you'll be a great teammate, hey, the rest will take care of itself. But on a deeper level, Jesus, he's, he's he's telling the disciples to go. Go out there. He's inferring this confidence. And I love in Luke chapter five, verse eight, it says that Peter saw it. He, he didn't see the fact that they caught more fish than they could handle. He didn't see that the, the nets were breaking because there were so many fish. He saw the love of God on full display through the person of Jesus. That's what he saw. And, and so as a result of that, there was a confidence. How many of you know, man, I, I love when people like me. I love when people you know, affirm me, but I don't need it. I don't live by that anymore. I I know how deeply loved I am. And so now when I love people, I know I'm loving people from this place of God. He has so loved me. And so now I can confidently walk in who I am, regardless of what people say about me. And people say things. I know that's crazy to think. (laughs) But that's what we love. We love from a place of confidence, amen? We love Thirdly, from a place of comprehension. Comprehension. There's this old tale about this American shoe salesman he he sent to this remote region of Africa. Soon after he lands, he sends home to his manufacturer and he says, listen, nobody wears shoes over here. Send me home. So they say, okay, fine, come on home. They send another salesman over there, same region of Africa. Next thing you know, this guy's writing home, you aren't ready for the amount of orders I'm about to send you. More shoes are about to be made than we've ever made. Everybody here needs shoes. How many know perspective matters? Perspective is important, man. How many of you know that every person we come across needs Jesus? Every person. For God so loved the world that whosoever would believe on him. So, so that means that Whosoever means everyone needs Jesus. Anyone, as that kingdom, as that wedding feast, as that invitation went out to anyone that would listen, so it goes with us. Any person that we come across, man, they need the love of Jesus. And how we view them and how our perspective is is going to make all the difference in the world in how we show them love. Because how many of you know it's easy if we were to go and, and, and say, oh, man, those, that person, no, no chance. That person, no chance that, that they would ever find a relationship with Jesus. They're, I know what they've been through. I know the life they're living. I know the things they've done, the things that they're doing. And, and, and all of a sudden, it can shift us. But, man, what if we turned and now our perspective is any person that we come across, God might just want us to show love to him. That agape love that he's, that he's put inside of us now, in turn, to love others well. We love, this, we, we love from this place of comprehension. I wonder sometimes, do we just need, uh, we don't need new revelation, we just need a, a fresh reminder of the comprehension of that first time we fell in love with Jesus. That first love we see in revelation. Can you go back to that place, that time, that moment, man, when God made himself so known to you and, and everything changed? Maybe you're here today and this is your day. Salvation is in the house. I'm so grateful for the love that God has shown me and continues to show me. I'm so grateful that there were parents and and grandparents and people in the church who, even when I was not that little bundle of joy that that they kept praying for me, believing that, that my heart, too, would be turned to God. I love that I can stand up here today and I'm standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before me. So many of us are in this room because of others who have forged away. <laughs> Sometimes we just need a a healthy, a healthy comprehension of how much God loves us. And last but not least, we love from a place of commitment. We love from a place of compassion. We love from a place of confidence. We love from a place of comprehension, and we love from a place of commitment. How many of you are grateful for committed people? Committed people, man, they're the ones that get things done. They're the ones that see things through to the end. We need committed people. We need people that are committed in their marriages. We need people that are committed to serve. We need people that are committed to go into the the marketplace and, and be a faithful witness. We need people. We need to be people of commitment. We see In John 13, verse 34, Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's kind of like a, hey, keep doing it. It's not a one-time thing. We've got to stay committed to the way of love. We've got to hold firm in love. We've got to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. It's the only way we're going to be able to love people well. It's the only way. I love it in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. This is like the the beautiful wedding ceremony. Love is patient, love is kind. It's like all these things. And I tell people, hey, you gotta be careful. If you use that in your wedding, you're gonna probably need to also use it in like week four and week seven and year three and year five because it's not just a one-time thing. Sometimes my wife has to remind me of that. Hey, love is patient, so you should be patient. I'm like, I submit, no, I'm just kidding. I don't say that. Love my wife. She's amazing. How many of you know, though, sometimes we gotta, we got to do what's right even when we don't feel? Even when we don't feel it, we do it because we know that God is calling us to it. And we know that God is also giving us the strength and the grace to walk it out. Amen? I love 1 Corinthians 13 because it ends in this. It says, and now abide, which what? Abide means we're going to stay in it. We're gonna hold fast to it. We're gonna hold firm to it. We're gonna be committed to it. Abide, faith, faith is good. Faith is important in this life. Hope, confident expectation that God is who he says he is. Amen? Love, these three, abide in these three. But here it is, this is the kicker. The greatest of these is what? It's love. We can't can't argue with it, it's clear. Paul's writing, these these are God's words. We, We see it so clear. The greatest of these is love. It's what God's called us to. In order for us to love others, we must live and love from a place of knowing how so loved we are. This order changes everything. Can you say amen to that? Will you stand with me today? John 13, 34, 35, it finally keeps talking and it says that the world's gonna know us by our love. So we can't get away from this thing. We can't. This isn't just one of those, like, oh, that's good for some people or, you know, that's good for the other people. Man, you're, some of you are like, oh, man, I, someone, someone needs to be here today. They're not here. And God's like, oh, yeah, and also you need to hear it. <laughs> Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, first and foremost, again, just for your presence in this place. I acknowledge today, God, that the Holy Spirit is alive and active, speaking to each and every heart, and so today, God, I thank you for the work that is, uh, it's, it's been done, it's being done, and will continue to be done. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you have so loved us, God. You've been so good to us. Help us today, Lord. I pray a blessing over each and every person in this room, whether that it's today, maybe it's compassion, maybe it's comprehension, maybe it's confidence, maybe it's commitment. I thank you, Father, that you're speaking so clearly to each one of us. Help us today, God, turn information into revelation. Help us to walk out here differently. In Jesus' name. I want to give one opportunity. I'm not going to drag this out, but it would, I would be amiss to not give an opportunity for you to, to respond to the love of Jesus today. And so just one more moment. Eyes closed, heads bowed. If you're here today and you want to say yes to Jesus, it's the greatest question that you'll answer. Right? Who is Jesus to you? Is he Lord? Is he Savior? Is he just a teacher? Today, friend, today salvation is in the house. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, if maybe today you're, you want to rededicate, you've, you've drifted, your love has grown so cold and you've gone so far, you, you felt like, man, there's no way I could get back to that place today. I got good news for you. God is running after you. <laughs> He's pursuing you. And there's a love that is so compelling <laughs> that we can't help but respond to it. I see hands beginning to go over, up, up, up over this room. That's an amazing thing. The Spirit of God is alive and well, moving today. I'm gonna ask you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, today's the day. I give you my life, all that I am, all that I hope to be. Place it in your hands. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together for those of you that made a decision today? It's the dedication, rededication. God is so good. Mm. Got a wall called Fresh Start. It's just a wall. What's more important is that there's people there. They love to meet you and say hello. They've got some resources they put in your hand. I would so encourage you to go over there after this service just a few more moments. We're gonna end this, end this service declaring the goodness of God, amen? He's been so good to us, so faithful. And today, I pray that we would go forth from this place being able to love God and love others well, amen?